page today. The kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. In the Passion Translation, it says, For the kingdom of God is not a matter of rules and food and drink and those kinds of things, but it's in the realm of the Spirit. It's in the realm of the Holy Spirit. God is Spirit, and His kingdom is in the Spirit. The kingdom of God is entered into by the Holy Spirit and not by observing some laws or some rituals. We must be born again to come into the kingdom of God, into the kingdom realm, into the spirit realm. And it's only by the Holy Spirit that we start to access the realities of the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. And we'll see today it's based on righteousness. Peace and joy I'll talk about in a minute. It's very much the fruit of the Spirit, but it's righteousness. The kingdom is based on righteousness. The kingdom flows from righteousness. The kingdom functions through righteousness. And the reason why this is so is because God is righteous. God is righteousness. And His life flows from His being, from His righteousness. Now I thought this righteousness is a really big word. So I thought, let's just, let's just look what the definition says in the, in the, um, in the um, what do you call these things? That one, dictionary. <laughs> what, what's the word righteous mean? The word righteous means morally right, very good or excellent, saintly, worthy, just, honest, faultless, innocent, blameless, guiltless, sinless, uncorrupted, and there's lots of other words to describe. Now, the definition of righteousness is also beautiful. It is goodness of God, but it's purity of heart, conformity of heart and life to the divine law. It's the perfection or holiness of God's character. And it's the active and passive obedience to Christ. So it's also the action uh, of, of God as he is righteous and he acts righteous. Now, righteousness is a beautiful word. And I want you to get excited about the word righteousness today. It's a big word, but it's a beautiful word because it describes God's character, it describes God's nature, and it also describes God's ways. Everything good comes out of righteousness. God in the Scriptures, is many times He said that God, He is righteous, the righteous one. Jesus and the Father are often talked about the righteous one. Amen. It's the core of his nature. It's why everything flows from that. Now, righteousness is actually the foundation of the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God, righteousness is a foundation. It is how God reigns. It is actually righteousness is the foundation of God's throne. And we see this in Psalm 89, verse 14. Righteousness and justice are the foundation of your kingdom, of your throne, sorry. Love and faithfulness go before you. So love and faithfulness, because God is love, He's righteousness, He's faithfulness altogether. You see those words kind of swirling around the throne. But here it says, talks about righteousness being a foundation of His throne. In the Passion Translation, your glorious throne rests on the foundation of righteousness and just verdicts. Grace and truth are the attendants who go before you. So grace, 
justice, truth, all these things swirl around the throne of God. And we see this beautiful. Kingdom of God is built on righteousness. The kingdom of God is, is built on this foundation. It rests on a foundation of righteousness. Isn't that beautiful? Foundation. And it's empowered by righteousness. That's why the psalmist, he loves talking about God's righteousness. We see here in Psalm 97 in the NIV, The Lord reigns. Let the earth be glad. Let the distant shores rejoice. That's us, by the way. Let New Zealand rejoice. Let Christ just rejoice. Clouds and thick darkness surround him. Righteousness and justice are the foundation of his throne. Righteousness. It's so beautiful. Actually, I want you to stand with me right now. And as we go through this, I thought it was very interesting that this is kind of a theme of, of breakthrough and joy and those kind of things. Because we want to stay in that realm because we're going to read the whole of Psalm 145. It's quite a long psalm. But in the psalm, it talks about his righteousness. And I want you to speak it out yourself. I don't want you just to listen to me. So we're going to speak out Psalm 145 altogether. Are you ready? Take a deep breath. There we go. I will exalt you, my Kong. Sorry, 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 sorry. My, I, said, I, said, I said Kong. Wait, 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 wait. I did it wrong. I will do it again. Take a deep breath again. There we go. I will exalt you, my God the King. I will praise your name forever and ever. Every day I will praise you and extol your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. His greatness no one can fathom. One generation commends your works to another. They tell of your mighty acts. They speak of your glorious splendor of your majesty. And I will meditate on your wonderful works. They tell of the power of your awesome works. And I will proclaim your great deeds. Look at this. They celebrate your abundant goodness and joyfully sing of your righteousness. Come on, let's take a break. Let's take a praise break. Father, we want to bless your name. Father, we thank you for your amazing goodness. We thank you, Lord, for your righteousness, Lord. We celebrate your righteousness and we sing about your righteousness and about your goodness. Let's continue. Verse 8. The Lord is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger, but rich in love. The Lord is good to all. He has compassion on all he has made. All your works praise you, Lord. Your faithful people extol you. They tell of the glory of your kingdom and speak of your might so that all people may know of your mighty and the glorious splendor of your kingdom. Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom and your dominion endures throughout all generations. The Lord is trustworthy in all he promises and faithful in all he does. The Lord upholds all who fall and lifts up all who I bow down. The eyes of all look to you and you give them their food at the proper time. You open your hand and satisfy the desires of every living thing. The Lord is righteous in all his ways and faithful all he does. The Lord is near to all who call on him. To all who call him, him in truth. 
He fulfills the desires of those who fear him and he hears their cry and saves them. The Lord watches over all who love him, but all the wicked he will destroy. My mouth will speak in praise of the Lord. Let every creature praise his holy name forever and ever. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, let's praise him. Lord, we just bless your name. Every creature blesses holy name because you're so awesome. You are so good. You are so righteous. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. So many times in the Bible, his righteousness is celebrated and his goodness and his love. The Lord is righteous. Everybody say, the Lord is righteous. The Lord is It's his nature and all his ways are righteous and righteousness flows out of him. So everything flows out of him and he brings it everywhere. He empowers everything through righteousness. God is enthroned on righteousness. That's how he reigns. It's how he multiplies. It's how he releases the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. See, the Holy Spirit, peace and joy. When you have righteousness, peace and joy will follow. It's the same as the fruit of the Spirit. Same thing. God is Love, and the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace. The first ones are always joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, self-control, all this kind of stuff. But it's right there. But it comes out of righteousness, about right being, right thinking in every way. And that's why it is so incredibly important that we have a vision, a revelation of how righteous God is, how amazing He is, how good He is. You know why we need to know this? It's not just because that we know that he's that way in the sense of that we just acknowledge who he is. But the key is that all we just talked about, all we just thought about, all we just praised about has been deposited in you. That's why it's so amazing. It's not just that God is so amazing, but he has put his righteousness into you. And so he infuses us with his own DNA, with his own life. You're born of his seed, the God seed, 100% God in your new spirit. That's why it is so amazing. That's why the gospel is so good. But the goodness stands against the not goodness. Amen? And we saw this over the last couple of weeks when we did a bit of a series and a bit of a meditation on the book of Romans. Now, I'm not going to go into the whole thing now, but I am going to just accentuate right now what happened in Romans because we saw in the, in the beginning of Romans that we had lost this righteousness, see? That was the problem. We had lost this righteousness. We lost it in the garden. We lost this beautiful righteousness and we were stuck in this unrighteousness. Look at this, Romans 3.10. There is no one righteous, not even one. There's no one who understands. There's no one who seeks God. All have turned away. They have all together become worthless. There's no one who does good, not even one. Well, that's the bad news. But the bad news is, the good news stands against the bad news. If it's just good news, you know, it's not as good, is it? Until you understand what the bad news is, right? And if you understand what the bad news was and what the bad news you were, and what was actually happening to humanity, then the good news becomes so incredibly powerful and so incredibly good. So this is the bad news. Humanity has lost some righteousness. 
We can't be close to God. We can't see eternity with Christ because we have no righteousness. But then in, in five, we see the good news. This is the good news of the gospel. This is the amazing power of God through the gift of righteousness. I think one more time. I love this gift. It is my favorite verse in the Bible. For if by the trespass of the one man, Adam, this Adam and Eve, death reigned through that one man, how much more? Will those who receive God's abundant provision of grace and the gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ? That is so amazing. We just talked about how righteous God is, how amazing God is, how holy, how extraordinary, how good, everything. And now here scripture says you get the same gift of righteousness. It's the same one. It's not a different one. It's not a baby righteousness, you know. Not a human righteousness. It is a God righteousness. So God gives us this beautiful righteousness. We become inside like God. Now that's amazing. That is so amazing. His DNA in our lives, born of His Holy Spirit. And the Passion Translation says this. The same scripture. And I go from verse 16. And this free flowing gift... Isn't it beautiful? Free flowing gift imparts to us much more than what was given through us through the one who sinned. That's the one Adam again, Adam and Eve. For because of one transgression, we were all facing a death sentence with the verdict of guilty. But this gracious gift leaves us free from our many failures. And brings us into the perfect righteousness of God, acquitted with the words, everybody say, not guilty. Now you have to understand not guilty. I'm not going to go through the whole thing now. But the whole thing of Romans, Paul builds a case. Basically humanity and God and, and builds a case of how much we are in trouble with the, with the decision that Adam made and this infusion of this sinful nature went throughout the generations and how stuck we are. And he basically talks about a court case and it's human and, say, and, say, and he says, listen, in the end, we're guilty. We're guilty. But then Jesus Christ gives his life, right? So we can go free. He becomes the guilty one for us. Now that's the gospel. And then not only that, but then we get this beautiful infusion of God, the perfect righteousness of God in our lives. Death once held us, verse 17, in its grip. And by the blunder of this one man, Adam, death reigned as king over humanity. And you can still see this everywhere we go. It is so sad. And that's why you and I have a mission to show people the love of God, the life of God, because people are stuck in death and they can't help it because they have a death nature. They need to be changed. They need to be baptized into the glory of God, into the righteousness of God. And they will start living differently. Amen. Death once held us in his grip by the blunder of one man, reigned as king. But now, how much more are we held in the grip of grace and continue reigning as kings in life, enjoying our regal freedom through the gift of perfect righteousness in the one and only Jesus, the Messiah. The one and isn't it amazing this free flowing gift. It flows freely into the world. Anybody can accept it. It's a gift, but we've got to receive it, right? Yeah. A gift you've got to receive. Otherwise, it's not a gift, is it? It stays, you know, it stays out there, you know. Free flowing gift. Ah, oh, we used to be dead. We used to be guilty. It says here, the gift of grace given to us leaves us free from the many failures, not 
guilty. It is so incredibly beautiful. And so he imparts, it says here, he imparts into our lives the perfect righteousness of God, faultless, holy in his sight, right? And then it says that death had us in its, in its grip, but now we are in the grip of, just read it, grace. We are in the, everybody say, I'm in the grip of grace. Whether you've received Christ or not yet. You are in the grip of grace. It's a free-flowing gift that comes to you. And we just got to grab it. We've got to say, man, I love this grip of grace in my life. And we can reign as kings in this life, enjoying the freedom, the freedom of his righteousness in every way. The perfect righteousness of Jesus in us. Now, we've got to really be aware of this. First, we've got to receive it. But then we've got to be aware of it. We've got to believe it. Because when you believe it, then it starts to empower your life. In the same way as the kingdom of God is empowered by righteousness, your life is going to be empowered by righteousness. The authority in your life comes through righteousness. It gives you the authority. God's got all authority, right? It comes through his righteousness, his goodness, his authority. Same as us. Because of our goodness deposited in us. And because it's so awesome. And because we're sons and daughters of God. Because of that righteousness, it actually empowers you. It's the most empowering thing in your life. Should you receive it. And should you believe it. In the perfect sense of the word. You know why? You know why this is so powerful? It's because you don't have to become or do something that you're not. You don't have to become or do something that you are not. Because that's behaviorism. And the church is full of it. Trying to become more holy, trying to become more righteous, trying to become more better, trying to become more whatever you're trying to become. You go after this stuff. You're trying to become something that you already are. The problem is, though, if you do it that way, it becomes, it becomes a, a chore. It becomes a, a, a try-harder type thing. No, just like God, just like with God, righteousness flows out of him into life, so we are also called for righteousness to flow into our lives. See, the authority that you have comes from righteousness. The authority that you come, comes from your life is actually who you are. The authority in your life actually comes from your identity. That's where your authority comes from. It's a powerful authority in your life. So I say, be who you are. Please be who you are. Please be who you are. Do you know who you are? Everything good comes from the gift of righteousness. And later on, Romans 8, of course, the gift of no condemnation. It's the same thing. Because you're not condemned anymore because God was punished for us. Now we are not punished anymore. So we're unpunishable. The gift of righteousness. And therefore, in Romans 12, and we talked about last week a little bit. Therefore, I want you to see the big picture because it's so foundational, but it's so important. And in my job, I see so many problems in this area because you don't recognize the gift of righteousness. And that's why you get in some kind of trouble. There's so much trouble because you don't get it. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in the view of God's mercy, in the view of what God done with you, in the view of the gift of righteousness, in the view of everything that God has given to you now, 
Now, because of that, now give your life, give your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy, pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you're able to test and approve what God's will is His good, pleasing, and perfect will. Paul is saying that the foundation of righteousness we just talked about, that foundation that was laid in Romans 1 to 11 is actually going to empower your life. And for the rest of Romans, it's all about that. But you can't do the rest of Romans if you don't get this. Well, you can, but then you become into kind of a try-harder and you get into this kind of... Up and down, up and down, yo-yo Christianity type thing because you're trying to be something that you already are. Now the problem is most of the church goes to the back part of every epistle that talks about behavior. And they say, we've got to have behavior to become righteous. No, God says, no, 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 no. I make you righteous first. And then you start to become righteous in your actions. That's how he works. He is righteous first. And that's why all the Bible talks about, now I then work as righteous. All his ways are righteous. He is just. He is awesome. He is loving. He is kind. Everything that flows out of him comes out of because of who he is. He can't help himself, right? But the same is with you. You're like Jesus and you're born again experienced. The same is you. Your power is in here. And this will empower your life in every way. It is your foundation. See, righteousness empowers. Everybody say righteousness empowers. That's the title of this message. Righteousness empowers. Knowing that you're free, forgiven, righteous, holy, pleasant. <laughs> pleasant, that's good. You name it, whatever God says about you. Because of that, it empowers you. Now that is the gospel. And that's why you got to renew your mind. Because your mind doesn't always believe this. It doesn't believe this. It says, how can this be? It is just so amazing. It's called grace. It's called amazing grace. That was, that's why we sing amazing grace. That's why. That's why even the whole world sings amazing grace at funerals. Even if you're not a Christian, amazing grace. You know? It comes from this. It is amazing grace because it's undeserved. It's unearned, but it's given to you. But that is the power in your life. It is the power in your life. There is no better power. So I suggest be who you are and live according to your identity. That's how God does and that's how he wants us to live. Amen? I see you're very excited this morning about this. I tell you, if you want breakthrough, get this. If you want breakthrough in your life, get this. Serious? So it's true. Now in Titus, beautiful scripture in Titus about this. This is what it says, 2.11. For the grace of God has appeared that offers salvation to all people. Salvation, sozo, healed, saved, delivered, righteousness, peace, joy, everything. Salvation to you. It teaches us to say no. Was it too loud, Johnny? <laughs> no! I was going to do some this morning, but I, I haven't done it. I, was, I, I looked them up because I said, Catherine, can you please show some videos about kids saying no? No. Do something? No. Do something? No. You know, they actually got it right. God instilled in little children, particularly between one and three, to say no. And we take a whole lifetime to get the no out of the kids. But it was actually installed by God because they were... He was teaching them to say no to ungodliness. Now, we see this rebellion, and I know sometimes it's used in rebellion because like a little kid, one to four, how does he know what is good or bad for him? I mean, what do they know? They just learn God to know. <laughs> I saw some of these videos. I wonder, okay, they're so funny, some of these videos. No. 
Did you let Johnny? No. You found him. I was going to put it. I'm sorry. I should have. I failed you. But uh, F. But the thing is, though, it's like, you know, it's so powerful. It's so powerful. It teaches us to say no. What happened to no in this world? So many Christians live in the yes all the time. Can't be that bad. Yes, it is bad. You're going to be bad. For the grace of God appears, it teaches no to ungodliness and to worldly passions, and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age while we wait for the blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior Jesus Christ who gave himself for us to redeem us from the wickedness and purify him for himself, a people that are his very own, eager to do what is good. Now what is this eager to do what is good? Who is that? That's your new creation. Your creation spirit wants to say he's eager to do what is good, Right? And you so struggle with your flesh and the world and those kind of things. They want to do something else. You say no. But the thing is, your flesh, your, your, your so newborn spirit wants to say yes, eager to do what is good. But grace and righteousness teaches you to say no to ungodliness. That's how you deal with temptation. This. True. This is how you deal with temptation. See, the, the thing is, is not to look at the temptation. It's not to look at sin. And I, I mean sin in the biggest word of the sense, of, 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 of the biggest sense of the word, right? Sin being just kind of, you know, missing, missing the, 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 um, the bullseye. It's like maybe lack of faith or you're struggling with doubt or you're struggling with lust or you want to steal something or whatever, whatever. You may, something like that. You know, it's just anything that is not really godly. You know, the whole thing of sin. Look at sin. You know, the thing is though, we look at sin, but the thing is though, no, the Bible says, what does it say here? For the grace of God appears to us. It teaches us to say, no, we look to grace. We look to salvation. We look to Jesus. We look to him. We look to righteousness. That's where we do it. We actually come from a different place. Amen. We come, if you're a Christian, you come from a different place. The reason why is because this stuff that you're thinking about or the stuff that comes to you as a temptation does no longer fit your life. It does no longer fit your new creation, your new DNA, your godliness and your righteousness. It doesn't fit anymore. And so that's why you say no to this. Even though your flesh may be screaming yes. It's screaming yes and you say no. Sometimes you've got to scream that hard, you know. Because sometimes your flesh is a bit deaf. It tries to override your own things. See, if you want to steal some money because you've got no money, what you do is you don't try to not steal. You don't say no to stealing. No, what you do is say yes to righteousness. You say yes to Jesus, who's your provider, who provides for you from everything from his, great, from his riches and glory. That's what you do. You say, that's why I say yes. So you say, you know, you say no by saying yes first. You say yes to that first. Pornography, the big one. I hope you're all coming to the sexual thing. In two weeks' time. Serious. It's a big deal for all of us. Particularly men, but also females. And it's hardly anybody not exposed to this. And if you don't have problems with yourself anymore because you're just an incredible saint. You're saint anyway, but you know, saint, saint, saint Lee then you can help somebody else with the stuff that they're struggling with. Our whole world is obsessed with sex. It's all the flesh, you know, glorify the flesh type thing. You know how you do with pornography? It's not by saying no to pornography. It's not going to work. Your flesh is too... I work for a little bit. 
It's too strong. Actually, God puts some of the desires there. Get married, for goodness sake. Find room. Get married first. <laughs> Sex is good, but not outside of marriage. Anyway, the thing is, though, how you deal with pornography, how I dealt with pornography 15 years ago, 17 years ago, whatever it was, 20 years ago now. That's good. Getting longer and longer. You know how I dealt with it? By the revelation, how awesome I am in God. It's the revelation of my righteousness. It simply does not belong in my life anymore. Righteousness, bless you. Righteousness empowers you. Righteousness, listen to me. Righteousness empowers you. You got to become sun focused and not sin focused. Honestly, that's how it works. It's amazing how it works. So you want to demolish. That's why I said in 2 Corinthians, demolish arguments, every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and you take captive every thought, you know, and make it obedient to Christ. Why? Because you make it obedient to the righteousness we're talking about the whole time. time. Right? That's what you do. You take those things captive because the flesh and the world and temptations will come all the time. But this is how you take captive those thoughts and make it obedient to the truth. You make it obedient to the righteousness of God. That's why we got to think differently. we got to think righteous. we got to think holy. we got to think awesome. And when you do that, anything that's not awesome, not righteous, not godly, does not godly, godly, will not fit in your life anymore. And that's why we have to renew our minds to understand what righteousness looks like in your life and understand how strong this is in your life. And the more you start thinking about yourself, the more you are who you are in Christ, the more temptation and sin will just start fading away in your life. It will come to, it will come to you, but you say, you almost laugh at it. You can actually laugh it off, you know. So I see you, but I'm not going to go there because I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I'm not doing this below me, man. Who do you think you are? That kind of thing. You talk, you talk to yourself like this. It's very, very, very important that you do this. The power is in righteousness. The power is in holiness. It's amazing, isn't it? The power is in who you really are. And the church has been so good at this kind of performance Christianity, and we have completely missed it. Throughout the ages, we've completely missed it because we've been so sin conscious. We've been so obsessed with behavior. It's all about behavior. You've got to be a good Christian, you know. So obsessed with behavior. It's so based on kind of this law-based Christianity. It doesn't work. Actually, in Romans, in the same book, it says here that actually the power of sin is in the law. It doesn't work. It's the opposite that you need. You need to see your righteousness. You need to see how awesome you are. Look at this here in Hebrews 5. For you should already be professors, instructing others by now. The other translation says teachers. But instead, you need to be taught from the beginning the basics of God's prophetic oracles, which is the things of God. You're like children needing, still needing milk and not yet ready to digest solid food. For every spiritual infant who lives on milk is not yet pierced by the revelation of righteousness. And of course, in the NIV, it talks about here going back to repentance, going back to faith in Christ. When you're a Christian, you have repented. You have become a new creation. You are sin-free and you're awesome. Don't go back because that's for infants. That's for people who don't really know who they are. But when you grow up, you see here by the revelation of being pierced by the revelation 
of righteousness. Isn't that beautiful? And you think of the whole thing of Jesus was pierced for our transgressions. Isn't that beautiful? His hands were pierced, his, his legs, feet were pierced for us to bring us to righteousness. And so he uses here the words of pierced for our, but solid food is for the mature whose spiritual senses perceive heavenly matters. See, righteousness, peace, joy. They have been adequately, adequately trained by what they've, see, trained, by the way, trained, you can train yourself, by trained by what they have experienced to emerge with understanding of the difference between what is truly excellent and what is evil or harmful. Isn't it amazing? It's so amazing. The solid food, maturity, is knowing who you are. Is being pierced by the revelation of righteousness. Now, I want you really to understand righteousness today. Being pierced by righteousness. Because it is the power in your life. It is the foundation. It is the foundation how God works. Kingdom, righteousness, peace, joy. It's the foundation of his throne. It's the way he works everything. Comes from this beautiful place of righteousness, right doing, right living, right thinking, right acting. That's what God does. But it comes from here, from this place of being already righteous and not having to try to find something or to build something or to kind of trying to get to a place of righteousness or whatever like this. Please understand it. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And all the other things will be added onto you. Isn't that powerful? We say no by saying yes. I want you to hear that today. You say no by saying yes. You say no to ungodliness by saying yes to godliness. You say no to sin by saying yes to son and sonship and godliness. Powerful, isn't it? Let's stand together. I want to finish by reading Titus again. It's this time from the Passion Translation. And I want you to feel this. God's marvelous grace has manifested in person in Jesus Christ, bringing salvation to everyone. Righteousness, peace, joy, everything that salvation holds. The same grace teaches us how to live each day as we turn our backs on ungodliness and indulgent lifestyles and it equips us to live a self-controlled, upright, godly life in this present age. For we continue to look forward to the joyful fulfillment of our hope in the dawning splendor of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, the Anointed One. He sacrificed himself for us that he might purchase our freedom from every lawless deal, deed and to purify for himself a people who are his very own, passionate to do what is beautiful in his eyes. Our slogan is passion for God, compassion for people. To be passionate about God is to be passionate about what he is passionate about. Is passion for what is beautiful. Now, I want to say to you, you have become beautiful. It's not just something, oh, God is beautiful, but I'm a little worm. That is not biblical. You are a saint. If you're a Christian, you are a saint. You are beautiful. You are godly. You're righteous. You're beautiful. Why do you say to yourself, I'm beautiful? I'm beautiful. You really are beautiful. And out of this beauty, you face life. 
And anything that does not fit beauty, you negate, you take captive, you say no to because of beauty, because you are already beautiful. You don't have to do anything else more in your life to become beautiful. You are beautiful. Now all heads bowed for a moment because some of you are in this place and you say, man, I'm not beautiful because I haven't received this gift of righteousness. I actually don't know the Holy Spirit on the inside. He has not come into my life yet. But today I want Him. I want this. You know, this is the most powerful thing you ever ask for or receive. is the gift of righteousness, the gift of Jesus on the inside. Is there anybody in this place that said, man, I need Jesus today, Gideon. I'm still dead at the core of my being. I need to have righteousness, peace and joy on the inside. If that's you, why don't you lift up your hand that I can see who it is because I want to pray for you. Is there anybody here who says, I want this. Thank you for that. Anybody else? Anybody else? Thank you so much. Anybody else? Says, I want this in my life. I want to become righteous on the inside. Another one. Thank you, Jesus. Anybody else? Best decision you'll ever make. Thank you so much. Anybody else? Most awesome thing. This is the gift of grace of God. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, Jesus Christ, that whoever believes in Him, you can put your hand down. Thank you. Another one. Thank you. Anyone who believes in Him will not perish, but have eternal life. And the eternal life is not when you die. It's right now when you receive Christ. You receive eternity in your heart. Why don't you follow me in a prayer? Maybe all of us can join these five people as they make Jesus Christ Lord of their lives. Why don't you follow me in this prayer? Lord Jesus, come into my life. I receive you into my heart. I believe that you died for me and that you rose again for me too, to new life. And now I receive your new life into my life. Thank you, Lord, for forgiving my sins and to make me new on the inside. Today I make you Lord of my life. And I'll live for you forever. In Jesus' name. Amen. You know, when you have prayed that prayer, the Bible calls you born again. Your old self is gone. Your old nature is taken. The whole Adamic nature we talked about, death has been taken out. And you become a new creation on the inside. And you'll find that joy will come into your life because it's the Holy Spirit. It's righteousness, peace, and joy will start to bubble up because you become a new creation in here. Come on, let's give it up for these people. So important. Righteousness. Righteousness. Thank you, Lord.